0: First of all, have you ever done this before? No. no. Perfect. I'll take over from here. I can actually keep this if you don't mind. Perfect. So we're gonna have to leave hand to the side. I'll leave my hand here to the side. It's real easy. If your hand hits that pad, you are the great, you are baddest dude in the history of the NFL Network. What usually happens is I win. What's best for you is don't fight it. All right? Everybody's good at something, and this is what I do. Ready and go. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the fantasy 40 podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always brought to you by our friends at expand the box score. So week seven in the books, I I didn't even think of this, uh, official halfway point for most fantasy seasons. So, uh, take, take stock and what your teams look like, but we are on to week eight in the second half of the regular fantasy football season. So walk. How are you? What'd you think of this week and where do you want to get started?
1: Um, I'm okay. My Eagles steamrolled the shit out of the Dolphins, which good. Yeah, we're the only six one team in the <laughs> NFC 49ers. You can suck it. We'll talk about you later. But then, you know, we we're just talking about the Phillies before we went live. They're just stressing me out right now. Pushing it to seven games against a inferior. Yes, I said it. Arizona Diamondbacks team. Uh, So I'll be up late again tonight uh watching postseason baseball hoping that i can watch some world series baseball against those texas rangers so i'm a mixed bag john you know my eagles got their shit back together and then uh you know the phillies are falling apart so <laughs> that's that's where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've,
0: I've watched a little more playoff baseball than i have in the last couple years i forgot how much uh, i liked it so it's been fun to watch but kind of a Wacky week this week, had a lot of weird guys get some touches and some stars not get them, so I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, I had, how'd your fantasy week go? Mine was pretty bad, it started good, and I I got, (laughs) I didn't uh, didn't get to watch any games, I was listening to it, I had red zone on, but I was carving pumpkins Sunday in the morning games, so I could hear everything, but I didn't get to see it, and then uh, I had to run some errands i saw part of the afternoon games and but because i was busy i did i missed certain guys that were out late scratches in those late games so i took a couple of fucking zeros because yep. people surprisingly got benched or just sucked this week so it was not the best fantasy week for me hopefully i can fix that going forward
1: yeah, it was a definite mixed bag week. I also fell victim to DK Metcalf inactive, and I was just busy with my kids, and I had I didn't think he was going to miss. Like, the dude just doesn't miss games. So I was like, ah, oh, he's, you know, game time decision. Sure, he'll play. I literally lost because of that in my home. Hey. Where I had one change I could have made by the 4 o'clock. It was putting Romeo dubs in. That was the difference between me winning and losing. And it just have to look at it and know that it wasn't like, oh, had I done this or this? Like, it wasn't even like, if I had like seven choices and I picked this one, no, I had one guy that I could have put in that was left <laughs> to go into wide receiver slot, I would have won the weeks. But yeah, it was a lot of a lot of disappointing performances from tons of guys and a lot of surprising performances from others. Um, it's that's been this season, man. <laughs> like fantasy's been weird with all these like injuries. People are like quick to go on the short-term IR now and take four weeks off. No one no one gives a shit anymore. Like players, are like I'm good. Like you, you gotta pay me. I gotta play less games, to get the free agency quicker. Like business decisions, you know, are are running rampant in the NFL. Because, but at least you know he's out. Like I it, agree with I, that. Yeah, th- I mean, this the, Aaron Jones thing is just uh, painful. Yeah. painful. Well, what about the Bijan thing? He had a headache, and they didn't like report it, which they're which they're required to do. Um, they report anything, really? Yeah, they're, right? they're they're required to do it. They said it was like the day of, but they still mm-hmm. made him active. Like trotted him out there for a couple snaps i'm like this is insane like after the first series i just thought it was a joke right like uh here goes arthur smith again trolling us with tyler algier and then i'm like second drive all the work's going out here again what what's going on here third drive fourth drive you're like oh halftime i I don't even think he's got a snap you're like okay i just got straight screwed then they put him in for like a play and they pull him back out i'm like oh my goodness what's going on here like this is this is, it is insanity, but yeah, there was some definite duds uh, from some potential fantasy superstars this past week. And, you know, to your point, some other guys showed up. So let's just dive into this one key stats situation and get this get the ball rolling on week seven. So starting off on Thursday night football, which every time I do this, I feel like this Thursday night game is like a week prior. I feel like it's like so far gone. It's like you it already washed out of my memory. What I couldn't watch out of my memories, in fact, I had like Calvin Ridley in countless lineups, and I had to stare at that 1.5 points for <laughs> for, four, for four days before finally getting to turn the page in the week eight. But Jaguars won 31 24 to go to five and two on the year. The Saints three and four. Alvin Kamara is on pace for 137 targets this season. In 14 games, not a 17-game pace. In the 14 he's going to play, 137 targets. His previous high was 107 targets in 15 games back in 2020. He's pacing for 30 more targets this year than he ever saw with Drew Brees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> insane. In
1: Absolutely insane. Derek Carr refuses to throw downfield. And when he does, he yells at Chris Olave, who clearly is like speeding to get away from Derek Carr as fast as he can. It's a, it's a disaster down in the, in the Big Easy on to Sunday football no morning game this week we'll, we'll get back to the morning game soon I think we do the the Germany tour uh, I think in the next couple of weeks but didn't get a nine o'clocker so <clears throat> rolling through to one o'clock the Detroit Lions got prison greeted by the Baltimore Ravens this week 38 mm-hmm. to six both teams go to five and two it was all junk time literally from the beginning I think it was 28 nothing uh, to 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 start the game for the Ravens, but Jameer Gibbs handled the load and he posted 27.6 PPR points on the week. His 10 targets was second only to the aforementioned Calvin or aforementioned Alvin Kamara, who had 14 at the position this past week. It was great to see him get the utilization show that he's going to be the workhorse in the event that uh, Montgomery's out, but it's going to be short-lived. Montgomery's going to come back and Gibbs is going to fall back to this eight to 10 touch roll, but it was nice to see him do it. It was kind of reaffirmed my belief that this dude was, was worth a top three pick uh, in non super flex rookie drives.
0: Do you think he keeps the workload though? No, 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 no.
1: So yeah, it's, I mean uh, I think he can keep the target workload. If they kind of fall into these scripts again, then so be it. I mean, they, there's, I don't want to say there's a blueprint, but this was an ugly game. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So he had 11 carries to 68 yards and two, and a touchdown. I don't think he sees that 10 targets, nine catches, 58 yards. Can you see like, six to eight targets a week. I'd, I'd be fine with that. If he got like another, like eight carries, you know, get him in like the 12 to 15 touch range. Like, and as long as like six of them are receptions, I mean, he's going to be a running back too. If he can do that now, I, I don't know if he can, but you know, it was nice to see him produce nonetheless. On this to a, to a John DeBari special right here, your backyard, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders get Baygent zeroed by a, Tyson Bajan and the Ch- upstart Chicago Bears, 30-12. to 12. Donta Foreman, 33 PPR points in a spot start with an <laughs> undrafted Division II rookie. Tyson Bajan under center might be an all-time fantasy effort. He had 16 for 89 and two rushing with another three for 31 and one receiving. Anytime this dude, since coming back from his Achilles, gets the opportunity to start he's must start fantasy and he's put a blemish on this whole Chicago backfield because when Roshan and Cleo Herbert come back you cannot put Dante Foreman back in the box so now it's going to be a full running back by committee in my opinion and a nightmare for all three of them i mean you know you see other teams do this there
0: is a world where someone lands on the IR with a hangnail for the remainder of the season just to keep Everybody on the roster.
1: I mean, they, we already we already got, what, two more games of Herbert on there, and we've missed two weeks with Rashawn Johnson with a concussion, which is not that common anymore. Missing one game is almost a given, but missing two weeks is is a little surprising. And, and so, from what I read, he's not even close. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, so like, Foreman, Foreman's going to get a little bit of a leash. I mean, he's – I don't even know who they play this week. Uh, they play, the Bears play –
0: the Chargers, yeah, oh, must start. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent, must start. Just checking my Chargers matrix oh. on the wall here. We have another Bears victory.
1: John, Sunday night football. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and this Tyson is, Bajan is supposedly starting again.
0: Oh yeah, this is. This, this, I I don't know. Oh, now I got to see what the line is. I I'm it's not, minus eight
1: and a half, Chicago. Uh, give me the,
0: eight. give me that motherfucking points. <laughs> give me that. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, the Bears are coming. Oh, this is going to be, this oh, is going to be telling a, me. I can
0: tease that up to 11, 11 and gonna, a half.
1: It's going to be an all time run for Mr. Bajan and his dad. Greatest human being I, I ever haven't met. I, I would love to just a one night at a bar with that dude. He seems like the most fun ever. And that dude, he needs more airtime. In my opinion, if you haven't looked, Travis Bage and his dad's like an all-time great arm wrestler and he totally stole the spotlight at the senior bowl and it was fantastic. But you're, too much you're, on a Shepherd rookie quarterback. But what, there what you, you got <laughs> have you ever seen like real
0: videos of arm wrestlers or documentaries or or maybe even know some in real life?
1: They're John, all like I,
0: that guy. They're I all know like John, I
1: watched forty five minutes of YouTube clips of this guy <laughs> the other day. If, After
0: um, all <laughs> like yeah. Oh, and he's like that in every video. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah, they're there, yes, they are. There's just an unbridled confidence. You have to if you're a professional arm wrestler, right? It's the most useless skill in the world. But like he, he would flip me over if I tried to arm wrestle him. So kudos to you, Mr. Beige. All right. On to the unexpected barn burner of the week. The Cleveland Browns went to Indianapolis and beat the Colts. Thirty nine to thirty eight. Yes, you heard me right. There was seventy seven points scored in this game and none of it involved Deshaun Watson because he found his way to an interception and an injury early on. So this was P.J. Walker against Gardner Minshew and Gardner Minshew was just out there doing his best Anthony Richardson impersonation against one of the top defenses in the league. Gardner Minshew was 15 of 23 for 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That's 13.3 yards per attempt. He also added another three rushes for 29 yards and two touchdowns. Gardner Minshew was a top five quarterback on the week against the Browns. Miles Garrett's also a defensive MVP. It's done. It's over and done with. If he doesn't play another game this year, he still wins it. Minshew
0: deserves a starting job.
1: He's got it for the rest of this year. True so, story. I, I wish we kept him in Philly. Not not that I want to see him play, but I didn't understand letting him go and, and, and bringing in Marcus Mariota because it's not like Minshew got a ton of money in Indy. He just followed Steichen. Nonetheless, the Buffalo Bills, the struggling Buffalo Bills – Went to Foxborough to lose to the New England Patriots 29-25. to Such a Patriots win, right? Belichick getting his 300th regular season in a game they weren't even supposed to compete in. Kendrick Bourne, mentioned him a week ago, now has three top 15 PPR wide receiver finishes through seven weeks. He's the unquestioned wide receiver one in New England, and he is now must-start in fantasy football. Yeah, you love to see it. Can't disagree. The Washington Commanders lose to Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants 14 to 7 in just an all time shit game. This game was on local broadcast, so I had to watch it. It was painful. (laughs) I mean, not only were the Giants just sacking Sam Howard and like an alarm, Sam Howard is the most sackable quarterback since Derek Carr, David Carr, sorry. And, and that's a fact. They showed like literal sacks through X amount of games in a season. Sam Howell is one, and Derek Carr, who keeps saying Derek, David Carr is two and three. <laughs> is it the line or is it him? Like I, I'm it's not... both. The line sucks, but he he holds, holds the ball too long as well. It's a there's there's probably someone out there who's dissected everything and said you know he's responsible for these and not for these. Their line sucks, but listen, the Giants had as many sacks this past week as they had oh, all no. season. Because yeah. they had all season. I I
0: thought thought they had one more. I thought they had five more years and six this game.
1: Might have been in the game where they said they now have as many sacks in this game as they do all season, so they might have surpassed it. It was atrocious. Tyrod Taylor is greater than than, uh, Daniel Jones, and he's better for Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. But they're pot committed to Daniel Jones, and when he comes back, he'll be the starter, and we'll all fall to shit again. So we'll probably get like one more week where they drag out this Daniel Jones thing to try and score week, another win out um, on the season, but they're going to have to turn back. And they're home versus the Jets this week, which should be interesting. They're a three-point dog at home, so it's going to be a close game, low scoring, a half total. But I think we see Ty- Tyrod again, so that keeps Barkley and Waller alive for the time being. Also, Chris Rodriguez Jr. is coming for Brian Robinson's job. Mm. Sneakily just siphoning touches away. Brian Robinson stinks. I've said it for two years now. He still stinks. He's a plotter that's got you know touchdown luck, and that's it. Can't trust Antonio Gibson for shit because they hate him. Just got to hope something different happens next year, but he also fumbles the ball way too much. So it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to defend Antonio Gibson week after week, but Chris Rodriguez Jr. Runs hard and that's uh that's going to, that's going to uh, enamor Ron Rivera. So I, I think we're going to sell Brian Robinson. Now I guess this is a narrative here. He scored again this past week, even though he had a shitty week, we sell the shit out of him. Get rid of him. All right. We talked about Bijan earlier. Um, I have migraines every single day. It doesn't stop me from doing my job, but it's <laughs> you know, uh, you know teach their own. So somehow the Atlanta Falcons went down to Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers 16 to 13. Said no Bijan, no problem, even though Desmond Ritter literally did everything in his power to lose this game. He sucks. Like one of the worst starters I've seen in quite some time sucks. And I've watched Zach Wilson in, in my life. This dude's a nightmare. He's a turnover machine, has all these weapons on offense, and just tries time and time again to lose games for them. So somehow they're four and 3 Also, your boy, my boy, Corderell Patterson still has some juice at 32 years old. He had 10 carries for 56 yards, looks bigger than he ever has, and still just gets it done. I love Corderell Patterson. I just wish he got more shine early on in his career. There was wasted years for that guy. They just—he's he just been carry.
0: used improperly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, just wasted years. Yeah, not getting this guy carries, not deploying him like in the slot and getting him, you know, like bubble screens and sweeps and all this. Oh my goodness! If he came to the NFL now, it'd be it'd be fun to watch. Because I think someone <laughs> get their hands on him, he would be a nightmare. Who's uh <laughs> Who's the
0: part two? Is it going to be Valus Jones <laughs> when he gets moved from the Bears and someone else gets that guy? Although well, he was I'm, old as shit coming in,
1: yeah, his, sec- his second
0: contract will be thirty-eight.
1: Vegas Jones, is, Vegas Jones, is somehow older than Quarterelle Patterson is at this point. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but I hoped I, I, I kind of hoped it was Avista or not, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Oh, All right, from one disaster to another, the Pittsburgh Steelers, every fucking year, somehow. <laughs> Go to LA and beat the Rams 24 17. The Steelers are four and two, and they are terrible. Their team stinks. They stink on offense. They have two good players on defense. I, I just, I, from now until Mike Tomlin is, retires or quits, I'm betting them over 500. I'm just doing it. I don't care. if As long as that total, <laughs> if, as long as I can get over eight wins for a reasonable price, I'm betting it. Because I, I had this happen
0: conversation with myself in my head driving the other day. Mike Tomlin is he's gotta be a top ten all time head coach, right? Yeah. I was gonna say top five, but there's a lot of guys that are yeah, I mean,
1: we're talking gonna be in that top five plus but, years of football. But yes, he's a he is a definite top ten. Yeah. That was the only question. Is he top ten?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean thought, I don't no, I mean, I just what he's done, year in and year out with you know teams that necessarily. I mean, shit, every year we do the the win loss total, and it's usually not great for them. But yeah, I mean, that guy just finds a way to win no matter what. It's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, he's he just gets it done, and and Kenny Pickett's not good. I'm just I'm just doubling down now. But he'll be their quarterback for 10 years and they'll be this gritty team that somehow gets between eight and ten wins every year. That <laughs> he's there. It'll just happen.
0: I mean, b- the, because play. of his coaching, they're not yeah. gonna be in a position to ever draft a fucking quarterback early again, anyway.
1: Yeah, and they didn't draft this one early because he stinks and yeah. the draft is terrible. They just are like, ah shit, guess we gotta take him. All right, so those Steelers probably. For a Tomlin creation, eliminated Cooper Cup from the offense, but Pukunakua still went off eight catches, 154 yards, scoreless yards. Daryl season comes off the couch. Steal that from uh, what's his name? From uh, do you see that from the New York Giants offensive lineman? I forget what his name is. His, uh, they did the intros of the Sunday night football game and he said, straight off the couch. They just signed him like that week. And, they uh, and that was his little
0: speech. Song. That's awesome.
1: That was, yeah. He goes, so and so, straight off the couch. <laughs> was, oh, I
0: got to find this. Uh, I
1: I don't know who it is. I love him. That was beautiful. He was a name guy. I can't remember. I see his face. He was their star. He was a starter for them for a number of years. Like he's not a nobody, but it was, it was great. Um, so familiar face in the backfield and Zach Evans is never going to happen. If it, if it didn't happen here, right. They lose Kyron Williams and Ronnie rivers, you know, in the same week. And they'd sign a practice squad guy and a guy off the, off the couch. On, just to get on top of Zach Evans' ass. Like yeah he's just just uh, donezo. It's this was the chance. Like literally mm-hmm. this was the moment like the the eight mile, you know, you have one shot, one opportunity. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do with it? Zach Evans gets relegated to third string yet again after the two guys in front of him get injured the week before. Zach Evans will never happen. Oh, sorry John. I know it was your it was your it was your round three four boy. you were just Scobbled him up everywhere because it had a uh, Rams Rams opportunity, but he's dead. So, speaking of dead, the one in six Cardinals tried, you know, somehow they had to work hard to lose this one against your Seattle Seahawks 20 to 10. This game was terrible again. DK Metcalf, four o'clock game time decision, inactive. Jake Bobo steps in, does some work. JSN finally shows up, but Geno Smith has turned into a pumpkin. And I, John, I still want you to trade for him from me in uh
0: yeah the,
1: the league. So <laughs> a little let's reveal the curtain here. We t- we
0: trashed this guy a week or two ago. I, st- I mentioned a trade where I got rid of him that I felt like I fleeced somebody. <laughs> and then walks trying to trade me Geno Smith this week. I w- I was deeply hurt and offended by this trade offer.
1: I mean, the, the irony was it was twofold. One, I, I need to trade him, right? And two, I thought you would find the humor in it. And by, by <laughs> I know there was no, you chance did it, you
0: you did it just for content. Yes, yes. I'm a content creator. It John, works. that's, that's what
1: people say. Yeah. I mean, he's Gino stinks. His long completion on the season is 36 yards. He was hitting bomb after bomb last year. That's where he was getting away with it. Not this year. 36 yards is as long as completion. He now has as many games under 113 yards passing as he does over <clears throat> 296. He also has a seven touchdown to four interception ratio on the season, and he has better pass catchers this year, adding JSN to that fold. And even just Jack Charbonnet, you know, as a pass catching back. He has better offensive weapons, and the offensive line is theoretically better after another year, and he's gotten notably worse. He stinks. And they're going to – they, they should have – tried to find a way to draft a quarterback this past year is what they they should have did with all those picks. They shouldn't have doubled down on Gino and, uh, you know, draft. You know, I mean, they they were fucked though. When you look, when you look back at the draft, what they pick (laughs) five or six and they took
0: the corner trade up. You're, you're, you're correct. They could have had Anthony Richardson if they had traded up, but yeah, I mean, they were looking at Levis.
1: (laughs) So fucked. I don't know. I, I Yeah, listen, you know, it's not an exact science, right? But they also said, no, let's give Geno Smith $25 million, 30 million a year. So they're obviously the way they evaluate quarterbacks is flawed. Like he's he was a good story and a decent bridge, but they, they had to know this wasn't the this wasn't the way. The CR is still four and two, but literally, I mean, the fact that they had to like eke out a game against the Cardinals is tells me everything I need to know about this four and two team. They're they're not good. They're not at all. All right. On the two more teams that aren't good. The Green Bay Packers went to mile high and lost to the Denver Broncos. Yes, you heard me correctly. They lost to the Denver Broncos. 19 to 17. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers must be rolling over in their graves watching Jordan Love play quarterback for these Green Bay Packers. He has a 57.5 point percent completion percentage on a year he's averaging 210 yards per game has a 10 touchdown to seven interception ratio on the season he was six touchdowns and zero picks the first two weeks of the year so yeah do the math real quick since then four touchdowns seven interceptions this dude is as inaccurate as they come and he will be a one-year starter for the green bay packers I mean, look. They're speaking of Seattle.
0: They're they're another team that's in a spot where, barring a move up, I they're just in a bad. The, the, a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Atlanta is another one. They're all gonna be picking in that fifteen oh, range. Listen, so, I
1: have two things. I have a solution for the Packers, but we'll get to that later. And they're two and four right now. They ain't picking in the fifteen range. They keep this shit up. They're going to be in the top eight. They're top eight bad. They can't score on offense and they're average on defense. But eight, look, w- historically. I mean, eight, eight doesn't eight, get you there. You know, yes, they yeah, up. Up. they'd have to be willing to part with future first. But listen, they got an extra second in the Aaron Rodgers deal this year. So they got a first and two seconds. They got, they got some ammo. They would have to package future first to really move up. But that's if people are willing to move off of a pick that could get them Caleb Williams or Drake May. Right, because yeah, it's it's a the, the the teams with quarterback problems
0: are are probably fucked until the 2025 season. Like, there, there's no easy fixes out there, unless somebody thinks you know, like I I, I love me some <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Does he end up, you know, going someplace else? Does Indy really want to make sure he's there because now they think uh, Richardson going to get hurt and he's been effective when he's been out there? There's not, there's not a lot available.
1: No, but there will be after the season. There will be, you know. And it's a pretty, I mean, it might be top heavy, but there's a few quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels at LSU's put his name on the map. Quinn Ewers who just got hurt, you know. I think is generating some first round buzz. Michael Penix, old as shit, but said had a great season at Washington. Like, there's going to be some names that are going to be thrown about. There's always a guy that I don't even know <laughs> about, you know, that that bubbles up um late in the process so there there will be options after this year but i'm just saying jordan love ain't it you know he he took that deal to f- grab his money this year he knew he wasn't good that, that's what that deal told me he was money grabbing you know he wasn't willing to bet on himself you know and just play it out and hold the packers hostage no <laughs> he said i want every penny of it this year before you actually see me start an nfl game and he was right all right Sunday, no, not Sunday, the the 4 p.m. game, which was supposed to be a great game, and it wasn't. The L.A. Chargers, as we have found out countless times, laid an egg in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They lost 31-17. This game was way worse than that. So Patrick Mahomes threw for more yards and touchdowns and less interceptions by halftime than Justin Herbert did in the entire game. So. Shout out to Subway. We know who the true pro quarterback is in the, out of these two. Mahomes threw for 321, three touchdowns and one interception by half. Justin Herbert's final stat line was 259, one touchdown, two interceptions. It was a nightmare game for Justin Herbert, and Mahomes and Kelsey could not be stopped. Off of that, on to my Sunday night beatdown. Same score. My Eagles dismantled. The Miami Dolphins 31 to 17 to go to six and one, only six and one team in the NFC on the season. So everyone keeps talking about Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, but AJ Brown's last six games. Yeah, boy. Electric, nine catches for 131 scoreless yards, nine catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns, six catches for 127 scoreless yards, seven catches for 131 scoreless yards, 10 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. If he were more consistent on, on the touchdown streak, he would be wide receiver one right now. He doesn't even get talked about in that tier with like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, even Tyreek Hill. He's there. He is 100% in that tier. And since he barked at Jalen Hurts on the sideline, which he says wasn't about targets, he's been getting the targets. So whether it was was it direct or indirect, something changed after that conversation. And it was, I'm always open, throw me the ball. And nine times out of 10, that dude's coming down with it because he's a monster. Sunday night football to Monday night football, just an just an egg game. I didn't even have the score because I didn't have time to update this today. I think it was twenty two to seventeen. Did I make that yes. score up? Is that correct? That is correct. Oh. Yeah, it's a weird score. Vikings at home, seven point dog, flat out beat. The San Francisco 49ers, 22-17. to 17. The Niners now sport a shiny two-game losing streak at the hands of P.J. Walker of the Cleveland Browns and a Justin Jefferson-less Vikings team. That was 1-5 going in. So, uh, hey, 49ers, you ain't as good as you think you are. 49ers fans, you need to settle down. Get off, Get off of Twitter for a couple weeks. Jordan Addison is the PPR wide receiver 13 on the season. No, he just had a huge game. He was wide receiver. He's one still, still being outsnapped by K.J. Osborne. It, listen, K.J. Osborne, yeah, I, lo- I love K.J. Osborne. I will forever defend K.J. Osborne. But, dude, Jor- Jordan Addison got the ball ripped out of his hands early on by Traverius Ward, took it out on the fly on a terrible play call by <laughs> Brian, Brian Flores to leave him one-on-one rips it out of Charvaders Ward's hands for like a bomb touchdown to go in a half. That is just backbreaking. You can't let that happen. Um you know at that point you don't you don't send an all-out blitz in that type of scenario. And, but they did and, <laughs> and he pays for it. And he's a little fella. Like you can see Metcalf doing that because he's a fucking monster. Oh yeah Addison <laughs> well, is not that.
0: a big guy. He just yeah.
1: Yeah. man he, the he, fuck up. Yeah you listen you you see him in on the field. Yes he is slight. 5'11, 175 pounds. That's uh you know, who ripped the ball out of Traverius Ward's hands. But it was a, it was an impressive performance by Addison. Kirk Cousins got there. I didn't think he would. Um, I thought the Niners were going to destroy them personally. So it just goes to show you any given Sunday or Monday. And it's clear that Debo Samuel is the linchpin to the 49ers' success. That's the only thing I can figure out. He got hurt last week, left the game, didn't play this week. They've lost the last two games. He, he's the common denominator here. And it's once you start taking some of these weapons away, Brock Purdy doesn't look nearly as superhuman in this Shanahan offense where it's quick reads, get the ball out, let the player do all the work. You know, when you're when you're being when you're relegated, there's one less, you know, bullet in the chamber. They don't look nearly as fluid. And granted, you take one of the top offensive weapons away from anyone else, you know, it, it's going to hurt them. Except, obviously, for the Minnesota Vikings, who lost the best receiver in football and didn't have a problem whatsoever throwing it all over the 49ers defense. So I don't want to hear you know, Debo being out is what caused them to lose. They've scored 17 points on offense each of the last two weeks. There's, a, there's, the, there's something stinky in San Francisco, and it's not the Bay. The only
0: positive to that is when you think of, like, they're still obviously one of the best teams in the NFC. I would rather, if I was a Niners fan, I would rather see them suck now than start sucking in week 13, like fix your problems early mid season and hit the playoffs in your stride. Then I, I, you know, I don't want you losing two of three going into the playoffs. That seems much worse to
1: me, but yeah, well, listen, now they get to host the Cincinnati Bengals off of their bye week in what I would say is, I don't want to say a must-win game, but this is a, you can't lose three in a row. And, listen, the Bengals are going to be as healthy as they can be. They just saw what Kirk Cousins just did to this secondary. And the Bengals are, in my opinion, a better defense than Minnesota is, who was very opportunistic with two picks yesterday. I don't know, John. we might be talking about a three-game skid for these 40 winners I like, um,
0: you. Know, it's- Slight preview of something I'll discuss a little later, but uh, I mean, we've discussed our disdain, especially me for the Cincinnati coaching staff. I, I don't think they've been as good as they've looked the last couple of years. And you think about, you know, just the way football plays out, what the football gods want. Nothing makes more sense than the Niners losing two in a row. And then kicking the dicks off the bangles coming off a bye when everyone is thinking like you are like this is a good spot for Cincy, gonna be healthy. I, I agree with all of your points, but like my, my football, my football brain tells me, yes, that is correct. So go the opposite way. All right, John. Because, because everyone's gonna go that way.
1: I don't I don't disagree with you. That's how that's how football works. But tell me if any of these teams are good. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes or no? Good? No. I said no. No. Oh, didn't hear you. The L.A. Rams. Uh, Ice.
0: Uh, I would have said no before this week. They're kind of convincing me, but we'll. we'll I'll on. play along. No. They just
1: no. lost to the Steelers. If Steelers aren't good, the Rams can't be good. No. True. All right. New York Giants. Absolutely not. Arizona Cardinals. Terrible. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh,
0: not as good as everyone else thinks, but they're good.
1: Uh, the Cleveland Browns with uh, I, no, they're not. I don't, I don't, I'm not drinking that Kool Aid. No, okay. even with uh, a healthy Watson and the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Uh, I, I like the Vikings, I think they've had a bad schedule. That to me, they're the second best team on that list.
1: That's who the 49ers have faced so far. Yeah, they haven't played. How, the fuck, how did they get that schedule? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Yeah, complaining last year after Brock Purdy got his arm ripped off by a son.
0: How do you get that?
1: That's how. Don't you play the same? The you know equal teams from the previous year that finished where you finished. What the fuck is that? Apparently not. And listen, whether you want to drink the Browns' Kool Aid or not, they did it with PJ Walker. I mean, so that's it's, it's even if you hate Watson, I mean, it, it's still it was a downgrade potentially. And they lost that game, and then they lost to the Vikings. I, I don't know. I don't think they're as good as people want to believe they are. They're just flashy. They got a lot of names.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, now that you've read that schedule off to me, I gotta look into this a little more. They, I was convinced they were one of the best two NFC teams, but
1: no. Listen, you know, it uh, who you who I, you beating? Nobody. Listen, it's a mixed bag on the backside too, right? They go then they, after week eight, they have a bye. Right? So they were week nine bye. They got to win this game. You don't want to go into a bye week <laughs> three game losing streak. But at Jaguars versus Bucks, at Seahawks, at Eagles versus Seahawks, at Cardinals versus Ravens, at Commanders versus Rams. So they have two tough games Eagles and Ravens. Seahawks games will be competitive, they always are. But yeah, two tough games. Yeah, teams, I mean, even, even the, the Cardinals game, even yellow, game. Oh, listen, at Jaguars. No. I think the Jaguars are feisty. If it was in San Fran, I'd be like, oh, they're getting whitewashed. But the Jaguars are division. Yeah, okay. I, it, I, I'd it, rather the Jaguars game would be more competitive than the Cardinals game. Is opinion. it a prime so, time game? Uh no, one o'clock. Oh hey, West Coast team going right. east. There's that there there could you go. I don't like it. Uh, so the Eagles game is a four twenty-five in Philly. So and then the Ravens game in San Fran is a Monday nighter. So but yeah, they uh Listen, they're, they're, you tell me this team—they're—they're they're five and two. They've played a cupcake schedule. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up. I mean, the schedule still sucks. I mean, they're going to win ten games, but you tell me they go—you know—five and what? Five and five? The rest of the way, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: The Eagles could kick the dicks off them,
1: except that it is in San Fran. A, that is uh, that is a uh, huge advantage, but yes, I mean the Eagles could get them. They barely could.
0: All right. So yeah, that. I don't like, get him. It could be bad. I could. Yeah. see. I could. I,
1: I like mean, from. I, like, I like where your head's at, John. The Eagles are a two and a half point dog right now. So they're not even getting a three point dog in San Fran. So if San Fran's already losing a low loss. If San Fran loses to Cincinnati this week, that line's going to be like one and a half, one, one and a half. Might be a pick them come kickoff. Like, you can't even get your field goal at home. Bums. <laughs> Yeah. All right, John. Those are my one key stats. Hit me with some trends. All right. So a
0: little, some trend action this week. You kind of uh, mentioned it earlier, Washington commanders, Chris Rodriguez. Um, he had all right. Seven carries to, to, uh, because his name, I already forgot his name. Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson. I wrote, I wrote James on my sheet. I knew that was forgettable. Right. <laughs> James uh, Robinson better than Brian yes. Robinson post Achilles. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Robinson, facts. eight, eight carries, 23 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, seven carries, 31, led the team in yards, no touchdown. However, seven carries? Guess how many snaps he saw this game? Mm, seven. <laughs> nine. Uh-huh. So he was on the field, and for nine snaps, he got only seven touches and outplayed uh, Brian Robinson. So it, it's, it's a one-game sample. Let's see what happens next week. But uh, it does seem like they got him involved and they got him out there. Um, Talked about Seattle, Metcalf not playing. Jake Bobo leading the team in snaps, seventy five percent. Smith and Jigba sixty three percent. Lockett was only seventy. So, you know, we talk about this a lot more with running backs, where there's a RB one, there RB two, and an RB three, and sometimes three doesn't mean three in the pecking order. He's actually the backup to one or to two. So, when one of those guys goes down, there's someone that takes that role. I'm I'm wondering now if that's the case with Seattle, like. If Bobo's the guy that just fills in, if Lockett were to go down or Metcalf and then Smith and Jigba just ends up kind of keeping his role because it didn't it didn't tick up for him at all. New York Giants. They they have a clear wide receiver pecking order finally. Looking at the trend of all the games this year, it is Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandale Robinson are there one, two, three. Doesn't matter because their passing game sucks with an asterisk. When Daniel Jones is in there, this team looks actually fairly competent with Tyrod Taylor. If he gets in there for another game or two, I would not be opposed to playing any of those guys in my flex. But when Daniel Jones comes back, that's the end of that. Uh, (laughs) New Orleans Saints, Jamal the Slug Williams came back, which means Kendra Miller, nothing. Got three snaps, goose egg on the stat sheet uh nice little run saw enough to give you some hope but unfortunately uh the saints management does not feel the same way so stash him back on your taxi squad if you're able to do that otherwise bench him or i would even drop him in and redraft to be honest because he's not going to get out there unless someone gets hurt moving to the new england patriots zeke was going up for the last couple weeks now he's back down it was like a 60 40 split it was getting a little closer um But, yeah, now it's kind of back to 65-70 to like 35-30. So Zeke had a little run, and he looked okay. But, yeah, for whatever reason, they stopped using him so much. Um, You mentioned Kendrick Bourne being their clear number one. Demario uh, Douglas, a guy I love, highest uh, snap count of the year, got uh, four catches on six targets for 54 yards, and he had one rush for 20. So they they look like they're more comfortable with him. We'll see if that continues, but – Sky's the limit on him. He seems to fit uh, the the Belichick offense. We'll see how that goes <laughs> next year if Belichick's back. I, I don't like him as much, maybe with another coaching staff. But I like him coming in. I've seen enough on the field, and it looks like the Patriots have. So he's the only waiver wire guy if anyone's really interested. But he's obviously long gone in dynasty leagues. Unfortunately, but there's there's room to grab him in redraft. I believe Minnesota Vikings Acres. 39% snap share to Madison's 53. However, Akers had more carries. He had 10 to Madsen's eight. I didn't see any of the game. I don't know if it was game game flow dependent, how that all worked. But he did get more carries this week, even though he didn't outsnap snap him. So something to keep an eye on moving forward. I don't think Akers is going to just wrestle this job away from Madsen. But stranger things have happened in the NFL. Miami put uh, our guy, Chris Brooks, on injured reserve. Activated Jeff Wilson. Good thing they did because they got him seven snaps, which amounted to nothing. Salaman Ahmed got 18, um, but he ended up with 12 carries. Um, Mostert had nine. The team really sucked on the ground. They don't, oh, I'm sorry, he had two carries. I said 12. But it was a it was a comma. I totally misread that. I didn't think that was right. <laughs> so he had two to the Mostert's nine. They only ran the ball 11 times. The Eagles got a pretty stout run defense. That could have been part of it. The game was kind of out of hand for them, but not what anybody wanted from Jeff Wilson. I think people thought Wilson would get a much bigger workload in his first game back. Um, Las Vegas Raiders, kind of, kind of, this one caught me off guard. I didn't see any of the game, and I was looking at box scores last night and this morning. There was an actual Zamir White sighting for the first time in two years. He may have supplanted Amir Abdullah as the wide is the running back two on this team. So it's worth keeping an eye on. Nobody gets any work. This all goes through Josh Jacobs. Um, but Zamir White, two carries, three targets. He caught all three for an astounding 5.8 PPR points. I, I did, I kind of just did a quick skim of game logs. That might have been his best game in his career. So kind of interesting just to see out of nowhere where he artworked Abdullah, which he never has before. So I'm very curious to see what happens with the Raiders this week and and what happens with Zamir White. Do I think he's going to be fantasy relevant? No, but it could be trending in a direction where they're kicking the tires on him if they're going to be rid of Jacobs a year from now. So he could have some fantasy value down the stretch here, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on for Dynasty as a, a potential trade target or a stash for next year. You mentioned A.J. Brown complaining about targets. Devontae Adams did the same thing. The game starts. He gets seven of the n- first nine targets for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then he what gets five doing? The rest. Huh? <laughs> what did he do with them? Yeah. I, I, I don't even – it doesn't even matter. The point hmm. is he got seven of the first nine to start the game, and then he got five for the remainder of the game. So they went to him early and then completely forgot him in the game plan. What he did with it is irrelevant, but th- – they, they stink. They lost to a terrible bears team. All my uh, Raiders fans here in Vegas. And a couple of my buddies in California were, uh, they weren't even usually they like defend them. I'll get like Raiders texts. Like, you know, fuck you. Wait till next. Week. They were even dejected themselves. They were like, we're sweet suck. This is embarrassing. <laughs> so even Raiders fans, this was a heartbreaker for them. The Rams. You mentioned Evans getting uh zero snaps out of nowhere. Henderson and Freeman, uh, Henderson saw 39%. The Freemans, 29%. That related 18 carries for Henderson, 12 for Freeman. Uh, Freeman actually outrushed him 66 yards to Henderson's 61, but Henderson did get in the end zone. I'm in a league where I have Evans, and I actually, both of these guys were on waivers, and I picked them up, (laughs) so I had them both on my bench, but I'm glad I did because I didn't know how they are going to use them. Otherwise, I would have tried playing one of them. But I I think you can play both and feel pretty confident until – uh Karen Williams Kyron I should call him Karen Williams Kyron Williams comes back but uh yeah you you discussed the sadness that is the Zach Evans experience I'm I'm all there unfortunately heartbroken uh Kansas City Chiefs Rasheed rice keeps performing when they go to him for the first time in the year he's pretty close with Sky Moore and snaps I think the next couple weeks will be really telling. I mean, we talked about it, I think a week ago or two weeks ago, where just, you kind of bring these rookies along a little slower, but the, the guy just performs when he's on the field. There's no reason he's not playing more than sky Moore at this point. I, I don't know why he hasn't been up to this point, Indianapolis Colts, uh, Taylor and Moss Taylor came back. Um, his snap share has increased three weeks in a row to the point that this week it was a 100% 50, 50 split. They got the same amount of snaps this week. Um, so next week, if I'm just playing this out in my head, I think Taylor ends up getting like a, I'm going to guess, 60-40 split this week. So it'll be interesting to see if it just keeps trending that way. They're bringing along slowly or not. Green Bay Packers, did you know? I had no idea because he has done nothing with them. Hmm. Tucker Craft has actually been on the field a lot. I don't know if they're just using him as, a I mean, they have lot, to be using him.
1: Well, it's because uh, Musgrave yeah. keeps lo- leaving games. Musgrave keeps leaving games. He Got a concussion, <laughs> then he picked up an ankle injury because Cream Cream Will- Jackson's just head hunting everyone and their mother <laughs> right now. So did he get a four game suspension? He finally, yeah, to, to, it took him taking out three NFL players to get a four game <laughs> suspension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a game a player. Um, he knocked the, he, did, it, he knocked out Jacoby Myers, he knocked out Logan <laughs> Thomas, and he tried to <laughs> knock out Luke Musgrave. Just, but yeah, Musgrave got
0: a squared Musgrave, I think, yeah, picked up an ankle injury too. But Tucker Craft has been involved. He's got a, his snaps aren't zero. He's been out there way more than you'd think. Um, but yeah, the last two games, he's played forty and fifty percent of snaps. Uh, again, unfortunately, not being used in the passing game as much. But uh, was a fan of him coming in, and I I, I picked him up as a, a late dart in a lot of drafts. And if they went shockingly they have good wide receivers now but you could imagine a world where they run a little more two tight end sets and and i could see him becoming fantasy relevant down the line maybe not this year because this offense is looking worse week by week speaking of teams that look terrible denver broncos javante williams 15 uh 15 carries jaleel uh mclaughlin only five and p ryan two so it seems to be they're leaning on javante a lot more now the snap share McLaughlin's the clear third and snaps for P Ryan out there for whatever reason they think he is. Um, But McLaughlin star shining a little less bright right now. While Williams seems to be trending up. Uh, If this was a good offense, it'd be something to be excited about the Chicago bears. You mentioned uh, Deontay Foreman. He had 46% snap share. was actually out snapped by Darrington Evans. And, And if Freeman, if Foreman didn't have the big game that he did, you could kind of see a world where they might be wanting to get Evans involved a little more, but not really because of uh Foreman getting in the end zone three times, but he had 16 carries. Um, Darrington Evans had 14, but Freeman got the touchdown. So that was kind of the, the big difference there. But uh, Evan t- Evans was a guy we kind of liked coming in. Now he's not going to keep a role here just because the, the bears depth chart and who they have and injuries, but, you could do worse for a couple weeks than squeezing him in as long as he's getting the carries Baltimore, kind of a surprising one for me. Odell Beckham, 57% snap share, second on the team. He led the team in targets with seven. He had five receptions. No, no buys this week, but for future bye weeks, you could do a lot worse. I mean, that guy still could possibly break a play here and there. Um, this Ravens offense finally looked capable, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next couple weeks if they're turning the page and headed in the right direction or there's a one-game blip. But I, I wouldn't trade a shit ton for him. but Beckham might be useful in, in small doses. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, quarterback Patterson, 10 carries for 56 yards. The, the one shocker, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but I double-checked it a couple times, Van Jefferson – is officially their wide receiver two now. He jumped over Mac Hollins two weeks of being on the team. So not that it matters. This team can't support uh the stars they have. They're certainly not supporting their wide receiver two. But yeah, Jefferson appears to be the two. Mack Hollins has been bumped down to the three with only two weeks on the football team. And last and certainly least, the Arizona Cardinals, uh late scratching, healthy <laughs> Keontae Ingram for uh Demarcado, who everyone was on a week ago, which means absolutely nobody started him this week. When he was viable, I, I don't know what to make of this. There was no reports about this really coming out. Ingram looked okay a week ago, so I don't know what they're going to do. This is just ugly. If you have either one of those guys, it's going to be rough sledding, I think, for the next couple weeks. As long as they're, if they scratch one like they did with Ingram, then I think you could play Demarcado fairly confidently and then the flip side if they're all healthy i don't know who you could put in your lineup and trust but that was it for the trends this week there's uh, some ugly ones in there
1: yeah and as far as those cardinals are concerned just so you know their next two opponents are reverse ravens at browns so it doesn't matter who the running back is in arizona it's, nothing's nothing's gonna come of it when it's all said and done, even though Demarcado is the best of the bunch remaining with Connor out, in my opinion, I just don't know why they moved away from him last week uh, to get back. Meanwhile, talking about those uh, the 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 Ravens, as I said, they play the the Cardinals next week, and then the week after that, they get. I just looked at this, and I should have known it that they play the versus the Seahawks. So they got a nice two game run too to really. Gain some more momentum uh, with this pass offense because they were lights out yesterday. They, you know, the play call was amazing. The execution was great. Lamar Jackson was dialed in. I mean, this game, they they could have scored 70 if they wanted to, a la the, the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins in, in this game. They totally took their foot off the pedal. Um, you know, like I said, I think they had, what, they have 28 in the first quarter, I think is what it is. I mean, they were pacing. 14
0: nothing then 14
1: nothing. There you was, go. Yeah, so 28 at halftime. I mean, yeah, they could easily put up 60. You know, they, they just totally drew back on these uh Detroit Lions, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see this Ravens offense. All right. Some some awesome trends there and let's rock through bus breakouts and buys right now so i'm gonna start just run through my breakouts tyrod taylor he's awesome he was qb6 on the week that's i mean speaks more to the position than tyrod taylor but it's something we haven't been able to say about daniel jones outside of one epic necessary comeback against the arizona cardinals a few weeks back but 279 two and zero passing another 25 rushing and the offense just looks light years better with tyrod taylor under center gus edwards was running back five on the week. He had an 80-yard reception out of nowhere. It was like a four-yard dump off. He took 80 yards, but somehow didn't score on it, which is tell- telling of Gus Edwards. But he <laughs> is the top dog in Baltimore, um, and that offense is starting to click. Josh Downs, who I wasn't that high on. I was Zay Jones over Josh Downs. I still am. I still think that's the correct answer. But it led me to kind of fade Josh Downs a little more because I don't typically like these undersized receivers. He's looking good in Indy. Six targets, five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. He's He was wide receiver. Four on the week. The other top five wide receivers, well, now I got to say, I think think Jordan Addison is going to skew this stat, but three of the other four top five receivers had 12 plus targets on the week. Josh Downs did this with six. So it's just, you know, if he can get into some volume, something might be there. And lastly, Dalton Kincaid was tight end five on the week on national tight end day, no less. Secured all eight targets for seventy-five scrolling yards. He's now the second target in this passing game, and boy, do they need it, especially with news that Dawson Knox is going on the IR with a wrist injury that needs. Oh, I missed that. Surgery. Yes, son of a bitch, I got a no. lot of them. Yeah, Knox is Knoxed out for the foreseeable future. Oh, that's bad for me. <laughs> all right. That's a that's a personal bad one. Fuck. <laughs> that was a doozy. I heard in your voice. All right, what do you got for me, Johnny? Oh, I thought, okay.
0: So, Sleepers, Fades for this week in particular. L- mentioned him earlier. G- Tyson, Bag, Bagent? Ba- ba- yeah, ba- 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 It's Bay.
1: Ba- like, Bagel.
0: Give me yeah. that guy against these Chargers. I think he has, you know, every year, every couple of years, there's one of these stories. Yeah, I could see him going on a tear and lighting up this dog shit chargers secondary uh many many other quarterbacks have done so no reason it can't be him this week so i love him this week Uh, i like mac jones against the miami dolphins you the much hated kenny pickett against jacksonville this week also uh running backs again going a little deeper looking at matchups jarek mckinnon against denver could break a couple uh we mentioned the snap share or the touches rather in Minnesota. So give me Cam Akers against Green Bay, Jamal Williams against Indy and Chuba Hubbard coming off the bye against Houston wide receivers. I'm going to go with the stack with, with the, uh, my boy, Tyson bagne How i terrible Bay- name, by the way, Bajan Think of agent, think of agent. Oh, that's Bay-Gent. a good way to remember it. Darnell Mooney finally came back to life, caught 404. Why not give me a Mooney Beijing snack? Moonshot? All right. Yeah. All right. Your your boy, Elijah Moore, I like him against Seattle. I mentioned another guy earlier, Odell Beckham against Arizona. I love Jaden Reed against that Minnesota secondary and DeMario Douglas. You could stack with Mac Jones against the Dolphins also. And tight end sleepers. There's always a bunch because we love the position. Uh, Give me Daniel Bellinger. He's been out there a bunch. Uh, Darren Waller scored his first touchdown, so people are all excited all over him. Bellinger's still on the field, so why not him against the Jets? Connor Hayward leading in snaps uh, for the Steelers. Uh, Jacksonville has not been good against opposing tight ends, so Connor Hayward this week. Michael Meyer against Detroit. Uh, I, I like that Monday night. Hayden Hurst against Houston. Jake Ferguson against the Rams. And... Chigakonkwo against Atlanta's terrible uh, tight end defense. So I like them. As far as fades, it, this is not a good week for, like, mid-pack quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, those guys all have shit matchups and they're not good quarterback. They're not good enough to overcome that. So a lot of those guys in the middle, it's going to be rough sledding for you this week. I, I mentioned earlier, I, I think the Niners put, the, put, the, put their – Feet on the necks of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I do not like Burrow this week, and I don't like Tua against New England. This seems like, you know, there's a lot of heat on Belichick and the Patriots, and I think they respond well to that typically. So I don't like Tua against New England. Uh, as far as running backs, anyone in Washington, we talked about the Chris Rodriguez breakout, and he happening against Philly this week, none of those running backs. I don't like Derrick Henry's matchup against Atlanta. Uh, Josh Jacobs against Detroit is not good. Uh, Javante Williams, who I just talked about him kind of getting the lion's share of the work against Kansas City, I don't think is the best matchup. And until it clears up, nobody in Green Bay do I want to play, especially against Minnesota's run defense. It has been okay. Cleveland, uh, secondary, moving to wide receivers, has been pretty stout all year. I'm fading Geno. I'm going to be fading all the Seattle wide receivers this week. Thielen has a bad matchup against Houston. DeAndre Hopkins is, uh, I, I keep forgetting the guy's name. I bring it up every week. The the CJ, whatever his name is, the top, AJ, AJ Terrell, the top uh, corner for Atlanta has been shutting people down. So get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And I hate Hollywood Brown against the um, Baltimore secondary. <laughs> Tight ends to fade coming off a big week. Mark Andrews at Arizona. Arizona has been terrible against wide receivers and quarterbacks, but they've done a really good job against tight ends. Andrews has a big game. People are probably going to be all over him. It's a good spot to fade him because I think he lays an egg here in this one. Ingram against Pittsburgh is no good. Njoku facing Seattle, another one that's shitty against wide receivers, but pretty good against tight ends, so I don't like Njoku and fade in both pits and John who against Tennessee there, I, I've noticed the last couple weeks, a lot of the teams that are bad against wide receivers are actually pretty good against tight ends. I don't know if it's scheme or if teams just know they could beat them with wide receivers. So they don't focus on the tight end as much, but there, there's been a lot of uh, interplay there between those two stats I've seen the last couple weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues, but that is it. And then as far as waivers this week, this shit is picked clean everywhere. I like DeMario Douglas. And if you're looking for help at running back, uh, Ford sprained his ankle for Cleveland. Pierre Strong got a little more work than usual. And Deion Jackson was uh, on the street a couple of weeks ago, but he is now in Cleveland. And Ford misses time, you're looking at a Pierre Strong, Deion Jackson backfield. And Cleveland's been known to want to run the ball a bit. So I don't hate either one of them going forward for a couple of weeks.
1: A lot of gems, and uh, we'll be talking about Mr. Strong again in my buy segment. So my bus, season-long, you mentioned Kenny Pickett this week. Kenny Pickett stinks. He's QB 25 on the year. This dude hasn't thrown for more than 235 yards all season, sports a 5-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. Yay, yeah, your boy Deontay Johnson and Friar moved missed miss multiple games, but I just don't see a special player. He was quarterback 17 last week. Let me remind you, six teams were on buy. OK, so he's already just <laughs> elevated six spots just from people purely being on by and still was quarter, quarterback 17. Just a just a just a middling quarterback, you know, week in and week out. Also, Jordan Love, who is quarterback 17 on the season, but he's been quarterback 20 the last five weeks is going in the wrong direction. Said that our Jordan love is a bust. Your boy, Austin Eckler running back 45 on a year. Mm. Okay, I know he got the high ankle, right? But he's played the last two weeks, and he got hurt again this week and and hobbled off the field, ended up finishing the game, but starting to show his age a little bit, and his injuries wearing a little bit more. The last two weeks, he's had 28 carries for 72 scoreless yards, and he's turned eight targets into five receptions for 36 scoreless yards. He has been terrible the last two weeks that he's been active, regardless of workload. I don't know, dude. I, I this might be we would be watching the demise of Austin mm. Sorry, I mean just never ne- ever being able to recover from that high ankle. You know, it's unfortunate contract year for him as well. I don't know. I, I want to be wrong, but it's not that he's running back forty five because he hasn't played. He's he's also been bad in the games he's played. You know, he, yeah. he was a volume hog week one, but he's just you know if he's active, you're starting him, and that hurts. Right. So that's that's just busworthy worthy unfortunately. Devonta Smith, you mentioned him. He's wide receiver twenty-eight in the year. He's wide receiver thirty-five the last five weeks, talking about that aforementioned TJ AJ Brown explosion and Dallas Goddard's return to relevance. He's now third in the pecking order in a run first offense in Philadelphia. This is not the type of production we expected from the wide receiver nine last year. Um yeah, I, I to just thought for a second he'd be outside of the top twenty. They're just not a team that can support. They did Very last well. year. They did. <laughs> I mean, I know Goddard was injured for pieces of the year, but they did it last year. They had two wide receiver ones, and Goddard was viable when he was active.
0: Nah. I feel like they're yeah. in more. When, when he was active is the key, though, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I, oh, yeah. I, I didn't think he'd be as bad as he was, but like it's not surprising to so, someone has to lose out. <laughs> Whether and it's, it's clearly not AJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that alpha don't could, lose. You know, and it could it could be a, a scheme thing. Maybe Brown had the better matchups. It, it wouldn't be, it would not be surprising if the next five games, the the slim reaper puts up similar stats, and AJ Brown kind of is a little more middling, right? So,
1: yeah. Well, that could be a big part of it. We'll see. This could be the, I mean, the, the reverse squeaky wheel game for Devonta Smith, but he's also been a yeah. little nicked up too. So, don't want to look too much into it, but clearly not the production we have wanted to see. And for tight end bust, I just said pick one. I've been shitting on guys repeatedly week in and week out that I wasn't high on, like the Juwan Johnsons of the world and the Chicago Conquos. But, listen, Cole Komet goose-egged in week seven, and he's still tight end eight on the season. Okay, Kyle Pitts has outproduced Johnny Smith the last two weeks, but Johnny Smith is still the tight end nine on the year while Kyle Pitts is tight end ten. It's, a, it's rough out in those tight end streets this year. I mean, it's you're, you're just signs of life, right? I mean, you're, we're about to see Dalton Kincaid step up because Dal, uh, Dawson Knox is is out for now. But outside of that, I mean, it's been feast or famine outside of kind of the, the, the top tier um, uh, of tight ends, and it will persist. So hopefully you got yourself a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews type. But if not, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put in some some tight end leg work this year. So there was my bust. For my buys, I'm going with Will Levis. I'd make some low ball offers in super leagues. If we're talking, you know, dynasty or redraft, the Titans are clearly sellers. They just traded Kevin Byard. There's already talk that Derrick Henry is on the block. They just need to see what they have in Levis cuz it it's not it is not Malik Willis. I'm sorry. It's just not. We got another glimpse of him coming in for Ryan Tannehill. I don't expect Tannehill to play this week with the high ankle, even though I haven't heard anything. Get on Will Levis before he plays. This could blow up in my face, and I'm I'm very well aware of that. (laughs) But if he hits, you won't be able to get him for anything close to this price right? He was already a second round pick. Shine was off him. He got hurt. He's been inactive. No one's talked about him. You know, the Tennessee Titans stink. They're a bad offense. You know, everything is going against this dude right now. So now's the time to try and get Will Levis and, you know, fingers crossed, pinch your nose, hope for the best. After him, you mentioned Pierre Strong, Jerome Ford, high ankle. We already know that's, three to four weeks, likely IR stint at this point in time for running backs. Very few come back before that Kareem hunt also got dinged up yeah. in the game as well. And he's just NFL old, right? I mean, just that it, it's only a matter of time. If they keep giving him this work that he gets hurt too. So you and I both like Pierre Strong coming out of uh, South Dakota state, he is straight line fast and he's a decent pass catcher college. He had a total of 62 catches for 581 yards and three touchdowns for the Jack So I, I think he's a guy that, New England probably regrets letting go. In my in my opinion, he landed in a good spot with the Browns, and uh, you know he could be in for for a decent workload. I, I think he's better than Deion Jackson, personally. Um, oh yeah, so go get you some uh, Pierre Strong, who is likely on waiver, definitely in your redraft leagues. Speaking of the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks, whether they trade him or not, they won't. He's going to return and see <laughs> something different at quarterback. I'm not going to say upgrade, but Tannehill is just not, he ain't it, man. He's hes just cooked, right? So hopefully it's Levis. Hopefully it's not Malik Wallace because that dude is just a nightmare. But Traylon Burks, the the shine is off of Burks, just keeps picking up these injuries. But when he's on the field, he is a beast. If he can just find a way to stay healthy, you know, I don't know what it is that this big, strong dude just keeps picking up these nagging injuries. Um, hopefully he's just not, you know, his body's not meant for the NFL because, Still love the player. And I think you can get him low. And then lastly, we we're talking about tight ends. Trey McBride, he was second in the team in targets, passed Zach Ertz on a depth chart. Zach Ertz just got put on IR. I didn't see why, but he's IR'd out for four weeks. Changing in the guards happened in Arizona. They're starting to look at these younger players, probably why DeMarcado did get the run this past week after a full week of practice. Um They're looking at their youth. Trey McBride was the top tight end taken a year ago in the draft. Kyler Murray is supposedly only a few weeks away. They just opened his practice window. They ain't doing that if he's not playing this year. There's no sense in opening up his practice window because it's a finite period of time. I think it's three or four weeks that they can make a decision. So why open up his practice window? 21 days, I believe. Okay, three weeks, right? So we could be getting Kyler Murray back under center. And that is better than Josh Dobbs, right? And... So now there's no more Zach, uh, it, Zach Hurts in the way. I mean, listen, Josh Dobbs is, you know, he's a, uh, he's turned into a pumpkin the last couple of weeks, but you know, kudos to him for just going in there and, you know, right before week one and actually making this team palatable in the short term. But I think Trey McBride's is a huge buy. He still hasn't done shit. Right. And he might never do shit. Who knows? You know, he wasn't pushing <laughs> Zach Hurts out of the way on you know, command and commanding targets, but, I like the athleticism. I like the opportunity. Um, I was preaching Trey McBride on uh, Dynasty Trades HQ last week when I did a guest spot talking tight ends. And now, like, the tide is just fully turning for him. He had already passed Ertz. Now Ertz is on the IR. Kyler's coming back. This dude, you know, could finish, you know, back half of the season tight end one, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh Yeah. Fucking stupid whatever the fuck they called
0: it. Legends and leaders. And I think they got rid of that because it was a terrible fucking name. Okay, so
1: yes, yeah, so we have the, there's the SEC West and the SEC East, which is ironic. The Southeastern Conference has an SEC West, which is fantastic. Um so yes, Vanderbilt's there and they stink, they're two and six, Arkansas. Is also there? They stink as well. They're two and six. They've been good in the past. They have, yeah. And Auburn, like, mi- they were good before, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the bottom of the barrel is like Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn, Mississippi. Yes, State. we're like, like the big, team big Ten. Auburn.
0: It's fucking yeah. Indiana.
1: <laughs> I have a bunch of fucking trash. Where we at? Let's get yeah. Over there's uh, the Big Ten bottom is awesome. Big Ten has got how many teams in it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 14, 16 two. now. Right? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, seven in each. Yep. You're probably thinking of a big 12 that has 16.
0: It's none of these well, maybe well. I'm thinking next year when they add you. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck. They added four. So they'll have 18 because they go. added what <clears throat> UCLA, USC, Oregon,
1: and Washington. Sure. Whatever you say. Yeah. So Indiana sucks. Michigan state. Oh, Illinois. All time. Illinois, Purdue. Northwestern will never get it. Purdue's had some good teams. There's too many they I think. standards associated with it. I mean, Should yeah, respectable, the- but they're on the bottom end here. They're a two-and-five team. Ru- Rutgers. <laughs> Maryland, Rutgers. Maryland's a six-and-two team this year. They're three-and-two in conference. Rutgers is actually – Rutgers is the team of Shanu I saw that called out Harbaugh and cheating. Okay. Shiano got him. Glass, glass house yeah, right. my friend. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, pot, here's <laughs> Kettle. Poppy kettle, whatever it is. uh,
0: Your oopsies is way worse than Michigan, sir. Shut the fuck up. Yeah,
1: stay in your lane.
0: You got a historic oopsies, an all time worst oopsies in history. (laughs)